Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Come on. How are you doing on Pentecost Sunday? Give Jesus a little bit of praise real quick before we jump into the Word. Come on. Give him your best for a second. Lord, you're worthy. You are God. There's none like you. And you are with us. I'm so thankful he's with us today. I love what Pastor Justin said, God is with us. I was just chewing on that the other day. Uh, the scripture says, you, are, you will never leave me nor forsake me. Come on, isn't, isn't that good? And, and it was weird. I just started kind of just thinking about that and, and, and just chewing on that. Just those, this is that thought. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I was like, isn't that the same thing? I'm like, why did you say it twice? What, what does that mean? You won't leave me nor forsake me, God. And he's like, well, well, I won't leave you. And he kind of gave me an illustration. You know, there's a lot of marriages where someone hasn't left, but they've forsaken. There's a, there's a lot of situations where someone might be present in the room, but they've forsaken them emotionally or, or spiritually or mentally or physically. Does that make sense? And so, so God just was reminding me, hey, I, I will never leave you. Yeah, I'm with you. But more than that, bigger than that, I will not forsake you. I will not uh, disengage with you. I will not leave you to your own devices. I will not let you have to go through it on your own. Does that make sense? Come on. He's not just around you. He's not just around you. He's here to help you, and he's here to to communicate with you and to be a part of what you're going through. Thank you that you won't leave me, but even more than that, thank you that you won't forsake me, oh God. I'm so so thankful that he is with us in this season. It is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we're going to finish up our little two-part series on pneuma. Uh, The word pneuma is spirit. It just means the breath of God, the life of God. We've been talking about needing the breath and the life of God, and so... I need God's breath in my life more than ever. I need to slow down. The Bible says that to be still and know that I am God. Do you know that that when I'm frantic, I don't know God? When I'm I'm frantic, I don't hear God as well. When I'm I'm busy and I'm I'm inundated, I don't don't get all that he wants to say to me. Be still and, and know that I am God. David said, I've quieted my soul like a baby that has been weaned from his mother's breast. Some of us just need to... Just quiet our soul. And I'm not one that likes quiet. Come on, Kevin, you know me. <laughs> I like fast rides in the Porsche. Come on, man. Uh, you know, I, I, it's like I, I just got to quiet my soul in this hour. So Holy Spirit, some, sometimes we think of it as all this power it is, but, but there's, there's a way we have to quiet our soul to receive what God has for us. And so I'm going to jump in today to a couple thoughts about the Holy Spirit. Last week, we just talked about him bringing life to, the, to dead things and, and making things live that maybe were impossible to live. He still does that. Um, next week, I want to give a little quick plug. We're going to start a new series next week called Man of the House. Man of the House. Leading up into Father's Day. Come on, men. Where, where are my men at? Come on. Man of the house. Can I just tell you that this church, I'm believing God to be a church full of men that are serving God. That are, that are hungry for the purposes of God, that are engaged in the army of God. We're not spectators. Uh, we're engaged. There's areas and there's ways to serve. We're talking about a big outreach coming up in July. I'm believing for men to get involved in our church. I, I, I'm believing to look out from this platform and go, come on, look at the men of the house that are leading stuff and that are taking charge of, of the kingdom of God 
and, and being vocal with their faith in the things of God. And so it's going to be a great series. It's hard being a dad. Come on. It's hard being a man in this, in this day and age. Come on. Anybody, any men, it ain't easy. It's not easy. Ladies, come on. Tell your men right now. Tell if you got a guy by you, look at him and say, baby, you're the best right now. Come on. Tell your guy. I think it's, uh, it's, it's needed and men need encouraged in this hour. Uh, Today's is Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. I'm not going to be in Acts chapter 2 specifically, but I'm, it's the fulfillment of, of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 was Pentecost. Pentecost or Penta, it just means 50. And so it's not a scary word, it just means 50. Literally, Pentecost was 50 days after Jesus went to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. The Bible is amazing. Acts chapter 2, they were all gathered together in one place. They were all scared to death, had no power, had no boldness, were a timid, sleeping people. They were scared, and the Holy Spirit's poured out. So Pentecost is the what we remember today was when God poured his spirit out, and he empowered the church. He empowered believers like you and I with the breath of God. Literally, the pneuma, we get the breath of God inside of us. It gives us boldness and power. It gives us more than that. It gives us gifts. It gives us intimacy. It gives us all of who God is in our life. It's God. Holy, the Holy Spirit is God, right? So a lot of times we think of the Holy Spirit as power or some entity. The reality is Holy Spirit is his descriptive name, but he is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, right? So, so he is God. We have to know that. It's the breath of God. The Holy Spirit breathes into our life. Here's a, a couple quick uh, verses I want to give you. Just thinking about Pentecost, thinking about your family, your life, our church, all of it. Genesis chapter 11 is a contrast to Acts chapter 2. So, so Genesis chapter 11 is the Tower of Babel. I'm going to read it to you real quick, just four verses. At the Tower of Babel, there was a universal curse that hit. Everyone spoke one language. God had given them a commandment to spread out and reach the world. He said, scattered to the four corners of the earth. They didn't want to do that. They all spoke one language. In rebellion to God, instead of spreading out around the earth and making disciples or, or, or obeying God, they, they stopped and began to build a tower. And, and, and they did it for their name. They wanted to build a name for themselves. Come on, any big towers built to men's name anywhere in the world? And so, and so here's what Genesis 11 says. This is still the spirit of the age. It's still the spirit of the world. This is still the spirit that we're combating. And we've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been given Pentecost to be the reversal of this curse in the earth. So Genesis 11. Now the whole world had, got, had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found in a plain, they, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Come on, people are settling, right? They settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Look what, look what the scripture says. Why, why does it say that? They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So, so God has said, be scattered over the face of the whole earth. And they all spoke one language and they were unified, but they were unified in rebellion against God. It's what the world looks like still. And they stopped in a place called Shinar and they said that they took bricks. Bricks are man-made. God had always commanded his people to build with stones because stones were actually God-made. And so bricks were man-made. They took bricks. He said, let's make bricks and heat them thoroughly and use tar. So they took bricks and tar, which symbolizes effort and sweat and, 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 and rebellion to God and my own strength and just my own grind and my own way. 
They did all that. And then God confused their languages and got back to what he wants. How many of you know God's going to get what he wants? And, and changed their languages and scattered into the four corners of the world. Now, hear me. Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, is the reversal of that, of that worldwide curse. Which the devil's brought so much misunderstanding and division around tongues and the power of God and the fire of God and the, and the spirit of God and the prayer language and the spiritual language, all that. The devil's brought all types of division around that because he knows it's the actual reversal of the curse of Babel. So at Pentecost, where men was scattered through the world, now all men were gathered into the place, a holy place called Jerusalem. God pours his spirit out. It sits on all of them. They begin to speak one spiritual language, one unifying power. And then he says, you shall receive power to be witnesses to me where? Jerusalem, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Now go make disciples of all the world. And so we've been given the power and the breath of God, the spirit of God to, to reverse kind of our own efforts, our own strength. You can build a family, you can build a home, you can build a church, you can build a business with your brick and mortar. You can build it with your own effort and your own, your own abilities and you can scratch and claw or you, can actually, or you can actually get the blessing of God through the power of the spirit. Like, I, want, I, don't, I don't want bricks. I want blessing. Come on, anybody. I, I need God to bless his house, to bless my family, to bless the works of our hands as we raise up men and women in the kingdom of God. I need God to breathe on that. I don't want to do that. In my, I've tried that stuff in my own strength. Come on, anybody tried to build a family in your own strength? Come on. I, 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 every other day, I'm like, oh, God, I need help. <laughs> you know, anybody ever tried to build a church that's going to make a difference in a city in your own strength? I've tried. Come on. We need the Holy Spirit of God to breathe on the people of God and to empower us, not to be spectators, but to be contributors and warriors and leaders in the house of God and leaders in the community of the world that God's called us to. And so, so Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, was, was, was a fulfillment of Scripture. In Joel 2, it was prophesied, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters. It's amazing. I'll pour my spirit out. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. It, 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 there's, there's, there's no, there, there's a gender equality in, in, in the spirit of God. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. I mean, you know, your, your men servants and maid servants shall, shall prophesy. Uh, you're going to have power. You're going to have unction. You're going to have, you're going to have the ability to, to have some strength in God, to, to witness, to share your faith, to lead somebody to the Lord. Oh man, I was at fires, fireside grill the other day and me and another pastor eating lunch and he just starts leading the waitress to the Lord. We're both praying for her. Like, yeah, I still get nervous in my, in my spirit. I still get, get little butterflies in my stomach trying to tell somebody about Jesus. We asked her, like, anything we can pray for? She's like, my mom and, and, and sister got in a car wreck, but they're fine. Well, if they did, if anything did happen to them, where would they spend eternity? That's what he started asking them. Holy Spirit, get, I mean, come on. This is the hour, guys. We need Holy Spirit to learn how to, to walk and to be bold and to lead people into the kingdom of God. So, so here's the thing. Many of us think Holy Spirit is just power. He, he is power. Um, he has power, but he's not power. He's a person. And, and here's why that's so important. Because you don't build a relationship with power. And some do. Some people want that. But you build a relationship with a person. And so I've got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and the first part of our mission statement, if you go out there to, the, to the, the hallway right here, the very first part of our mission says that we would experience God. Not, not just know God intellectually, but experience God. Many of you in here, you've never experienced God. Many of you have. 
Many of you have come in a room like this and worshiped sometime in your life or maybe some other church setting or maybe in your car worshiping or at home, whatever it looked like, and you've actually experienced the voice and the presence and, the, and, the, and the, just the, the, the peace of God in a way or, or the communication of God. It's not just something that's known to you. Here, here's why it's so important for you to experience God because whatever you experience, you personalize. And if you never experience him, you're never going to personalize him. If you never really experience the, the life of God, you don't make him personal. And so I, I would say that that's really the highest, one of the highest calls of the Holy Spirit is to help us experience who God is in a real way. Holy Spirit makes God real to me. He helps me to experience God. And, and besides that, if, without him, it's just intellect. It's just, it's just Bible knowledge. It's just, right? I, I want to experience him. Anybody ever had a brochure to the beach somewhere? Yeah. You ever had a brochure to Hawaii? Anybody, anybody got a brochure right now at your home, right now, that you're dreaming about go, getting to that place? Anybody right now? Any brochure people right now? Come on, be honest. There you are. There's one, two. You got a brochure right now. You're thinking about it. Is it, is it beach? Is it city? Is it, is it beach? You got a little beach? It's city. You like city. I know you just came from England, so you're getting ready to go on another trip. Come on, somebody. Uh, so, so, so there's, there's, you have a brochure. Well, what do you do with the brochure? You open up the brochure. You read the brochure. You look at the deals. Oh, all inclusive. Come on. I get to eat this. I get to eat that. I get brunch included. I get this. All this is included. That's awesome. Do you put the brochure on your, on your dresser and then, and then pull it back out every morning and begin to memorize the brochure? Man, the brochure says, cool white sands. Beautiful blue waves and a refreshing breeze of 82 trade wind degrees blowing across Aruba. You put it back in the thing and you get it out the next day. And good trade winds, 82 degrees, beautiful beaches and all inclusive. Hey, babe, read this brochure I read. Do you know what this brochure says? It says, look, it, I'm going to quote it to you. I'm going to quote it to you. Cool white sands. Relaxing beaches. Many of you treat your Bible as a brochure. And you've never been to the beach. And you've never experienced the sand. You've never experienced a miracle. You don't know your spiritual gift. You've never prayed in a spiritual language. You've never seen a miracle happen through your hands. You've never led anybody to God, but you can quote, you can have studies around it. You can memorize it. You can quote it. You can read the verses. But when's the last time you experienced the power of God in your life? Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to me too. That was the first time. I, I, I tell people about God all the time, but that's the first time in a while as I was sitting with that other pastor in Firebird's restaurant leading a waitress to the Lord. Holy Spirit's convicting me going, I've given you my spirit to lead people to God. Hallelujah. It's Pentecost Sunday. Can I be fired up today? Yeah. We're an army. I, I'm just, the Bible's not meant to be read and memorized for reading and memorized sake. And you can't, you can't educate yourself into God. Because if you can, you can be educated out of God. And if your finite mind can contain God in all of your intellectual capacity, then he's not God. And so we need the Holy Spirit to make God real, to take me. Come on, Holy Spirit takes you from brochure to beaches, baby. Come on, Holy Spirit takes you from... 
I'm not, I'm, listen, some of you are going, he's saying don't read the Bible. I see it right now. I feel it on you right now. He's saying don't quote the Bible. I'm not saying that. The point of the brochure is to get me to the beach, to inspire me, engage me, empower me. Tell me what the cost is going to be. What's it going to cost me to get there? That's the point. Holy Spirit tells you, what's the cost of the kingdom? How am I going to carry my cross? How are you going to empower me? I want to get to the sands and the beach and the all-inclusive Holy Spirit. Make it real to me today when I walk out in my car. I don't, I don't want to just learn about prayer. I need to get on my knees. I sat on my knees last night for over an hour and a half singing and worshiping and begging God to invade my life. Well, I don't have time for prayer. You don't have time not to pray. Oh, I just, man, you hear about fasting. When's the last time we fasted? We read about it. We quote it. We're in dire times in our world. Like we're talking about the Holy Spirit. This is the only, this is the one he, this is the God on earth. The only God we have on earth. And we need his power. We need a personal relationship. I'm off my notes today. I don't even, this isn't in my notes. We need a personal relationship. We need a hunger and a desperation. I'm not saying everybody's going to go out shouting like I shout. Doesn't mean you got to be like me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's some realities of what the Holy Spirit makes real to you about who God is, where your faith now becomes a living, active, experienced faith, not just something that we read about and learn about and quote. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to do it to you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because I, I don't want to. I'm just I'm going to tell you myself. But, but, but just when's the last time the Holy Spirit led you to lead somebody to God? To Jesus. When's the last time there's a room full of Christians in a city that's lost? There's plenty of lost people. There's plenty. When's the last time that you decided that that was a divine appointment, that that waitress or waiter or that or that clerk or that friend or that neighbor? When's the last time that it wasn't just a brochure? When's the last time? I, I don't know. Maybe it was at your work or your workplace or you're around lost people. A lot of times we get saved and we close ourselves off to all the lost people and we close ourselves off to what God wants to do. God wants to empower us in this day and age to make God, to, Holy Spirit wants to empower us to, to actually reveal God in a real way. I don't, I I don't want to just read about the Bible miracles. I want to I see the miracles of God. I, I believe that for you. Well, every, yeah, everything's a miracle. Life's a miracle. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm thankful for breath. I'm thankful for life. But there's supernatural activity that, that God wants to use his church for. And, and I'm telling you, that's what makes us different than any other country club. We can go to self-help groups. We can find rotary clubs. We can find social gatherings. We can find places that we fit in and feel good. We can find all that. The only thing that makes this different is the... The breath of God and the mission that God's given us. And I believe that God wants to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm way off topic today. Holy Spirit. I just really believe. I, I hope some of y'all want beach living from now on. I hope you, I hope, look, brochures are, get the Bible out. Read that thing for all it's worth. Memorize it, but don't stop there. Get to the ocean. Get to the beach. I'll just take it practical again. 
You hear that God will open up the heavens and pour out blessings so much that you can't even contain it, that it's better to give than to receive, that, that good measure, if you give, it'll be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. That's beautiful to quote, but it's hard when you pull out the wallet and God begins to say, tithe and give 10%. You know, the brochure is awesome. I can quote the brochure all day long, but when God says, I want you to sell your car or I want you to give to this person, or I want you to actually, when God starts getting practical and it begins to be beach living and not just brochure living, oh, and I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up and tell me who tithers are in here because I don't want to look at it. But you know if you're on the beach or in the brochure. And we, can, we can quote it. It's beautiful. Man, I'll, I'll, if I fast, devils will run. I can cast out demons. I, I can tell y'all stories. And I was convicted. Look, most of my stories that I have right now are old stories. I was convicted. I'm thinking of a story about different things, and I'm like, the Holy Spirit's like, those are old stories, Pastor. <laughs> That's what he told me yesterday. Are, are, are all of our miracle stories old stories? Are, are there any stories? I don't know. I'm just, I'm convicted in my own walk. Like, I don't want to refresh and rehash the old story. That's a beautiful story. I can encourage your faith with it, but is that happening to me now? Like, I remember walking through the city of Amsterdam and having demons growl at me out of people. I can, I can remember it. I've cast out demons. I've, I've seen miracles. I've seen the sick healed. We're praying for Becca, our, our keyboard player's father. He's fighting cancer, 20% chance to live. We need to see that miracle story. You see miracles? I, just, I think Holy Spirit just continues to... I, don't just need, I need miracles for my mind. I need, I need the Holy Spirit to help me believe the right voice in my head. Come on, do you know the, whole, the, the devil's telling you stuff all the time, speaking lies to us all the time? You can't do it. You're not good enough. You won't make it. Nobody likes you. Come on. The devil's always saying stuff. Like, That's going to be stupid. That's not. I need the Holy Spirit to help me believe the voice that God has for me. Like, this is who you are. You're called. You're chosen. I'm going to open the door for you. I've got a calling for you. I've got a direction for you. I've got purpose. I've, I'm going to make a difference in people's lives through you. Come on, Mike. Thank you for what you said to my father like two weeks ago. You walked up to my father. He was so choked up in the lobby with what you told him. Two of you guys. Mark Neuenschwager was here. My father's not a believer. He was on the front row. One of our prayer team. This is, I'm trying to, this stuff is in you all. This is not a spectator house. There's stuff in you that God has called. If you're here, it's not by accident. There's things in you that you need to unload and unleash on the people that need the kingdom of God in their life. My father was on the front row, lost. This man and her prayer team, just courage and boldness. I was standing by my dad. I'm like, I hope it goes good today. He's an unbeliever. I tell the prayer team back there in the prayer room, hey, pray for my dad. He's an unbeliever. I'm just, I'm just going to be, this isn't in my notes. What am I doing? I tell the prayer team we're interceding and praying. We do that every Sunday. By, by the way, every Sunday we come here at 7.30 in this room. From 7.30 to 8 we pray. And then there's about another two hours before service starts. So I don't know. If you want to join us and pray, I've invited before. None of you have come. That's okay. I, I, I'm in here praying. And we pray for this city. And we pray for you. We pray for our children. We pray for our families. And we pray for God to move in this region. And we pray and we pray and we pray for 30 minutes. And then you can go get breakfast somewhere. And that can be awesome. And then come back for church. But, but we're praying. 
And then, and then we're back here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess, we're back here with, with, the, with our prayer team, and we're back in, in the green room right back here. Mark, you're back there. We're, we're, here's Mark Neuenschwager and Betsy. They are generals in the faith right there. They've been in, they laid their life down in Afghanistan for years and saw the nation come back to life. And Mark, you were kidnapped by rebel, rebels and, and you're, for a while or something like that, and then, and then close to being kidnapped by rebels. The story's better if you were kidnapped by rebels. <laughs> And your wife didn't get to communicate with you for like four days because your satellite phone went out and she didn't know you weren't kidnapped by, by rebels. So she might've told me the story and you, and so, and, but, but you guys, so you're, that's, that's who's on our prayer team, like that, that type of, and that's who comes up to this, this area to pray for people and to hear, hear God for you. And, and, and someone asked them, how do you love the Afghan people so much and so well? And they're like, we just love God. And so we do this because of God. Why do we serve and why do we do? And why do we go? Cause we love God. And, and I told the prayer team, I'm going to be, I'm going to confess right now. I told the prayer team about my dad. I'm sitting here by my dad. The prayer team, they stay up here and people come to them and get prayed for. I see Mark start to walk to my dad. I'm like, oh God. I'm like, man. They know that's not what they're supposed to do. He's not supposed to do that. I was, I was like, he's not, man, he's going to walk up here and, and say, I don't know what he's going to pray. Mark's crazy in the spirit. Mark, Mark's a warrior. My dad doesn't know. My dad, my dad, like, he's not ready for what Mark's got. <laughs> this, is my, this is our human thinking. And I'm sitting here going, our prayer team, that's, he's not following protocol. That's not protocol. This is my dad. He walked up and, and whispered something. And I, I just stood there in, in total panic. Mark, come on. Come on, I'm the pastor. Talking about be, having the realization of who the power of the Holy Spirit is. And here, here I am. I live it. But then when it gets personal. And, and, and he walks over there to give my father a word. And everything, the enemy's lying to me and telling me, oh, it's over. Like, he's giving, what's he? And it was a real quick little short, short word. Because it was like one, two seconds. I was like, okay, it couldn't be that bad, okay. <laughs> Thank God. And, and, and my dad looked at me afterwards and Mark had said something to him to the effect that, hey, there's still hope for you in the, in the things of God. You said there's still hope for you. I think something like that. And, and, and my father believes that there's no hope for him that's pointless in the things of God. So you said that, and then, and then Mike, you went up to him in the lobby. And you said, just what God's done in your family through this church and in your, in your marriage and what God's, used me in your life and friendship and, and Holy Spirit, what he's done. And you just told my dad, hey, thank you for who you are. You're, you're, I've known your son for a long time. And my, my father literally came to me, tried to tell me what you said to him, couldn't, couldn't speak. It, it wasn't about this necessarily because of what, who I am or whatever that story. It was just the impact and the magnitude of what's in you guys. 
And what's the power of the Holy Spirit in a specific moment, in a specific second, to be obedient, to say something to a stranger that you haven't talked to in, in 13 years, you know, whatever, 12 years, and to walk up to him and say something. He was broken so much so I could feel the Holy Spirit battling uh, just the enemy spirit in him where he was trying to get words out and he couldn't even, he's just weeping right there. Some of y'all saw, he's weeping and hugging me, couldn't even say anything, just kissed me on the cheek and left. And went home, called me the next day, called me the next day, was still shook up by God like the next day because of what God did. I just, I'm just trying to say this is more than church. This is more than just coming together and, and it's, it's, this is powerful to come together, but there's something in us and we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, not just in here, but for out there and for the unbelievers that are going to come across our path and for our moms and dads and sons and daughters and fathers and, and mothers that don't know God and waitresses and waiters and store clerks and neighbors. And, and, and there's a mission. There's a mission that we still have. And so, so often I think sometimes we just we get we lose sight of the mission because the brochure is so pretty. Right? <laughs> I want to get to the beach. I'm going I'm to get there today. 1 Corinthians 2. <laughs> Let me start my message. <clears throat> this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined, this is Paul speaking, the smartest man on earth at this time, probably. An IQ of Einstein. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. How hard is it for us to determine not to know anything? It's hard when you can talk to your device and find out everything. For I determined not to know anything among you. I was, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Next verse is key for today. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So everything that you're going to get from God that he's prepared for you is going to have to be revealed to you by his spirit. You're not going to discern it with your eye, with your ear, with your five senses, the Bible goes on to say it's not gotten by the natural man. The five senses, what you taste, touch, smell, hear, and see. It's not gotten by your natural senses. It's gotten by faith that the Spirit of God can do something in your life. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. You can read the brochure all day long, but if the Spirit of God doesn't tell you about the things of God, you're not going to know it. Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, and Paul, I believe, is talking about 
speaking in tongues here, praying in tongues, um, because he says this, these things we also speak not in words which men's wisdom teaches. So we didn't learn this. We didn't learn these words from men's wisdom, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. There's many argue over that. It's not the point, but many think Paul's speaking about the power and the mysteries of the Holy Spirit, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Um, So when it comes to the things of God, there's going to be some things that have to be revealed to you. Uh, I wrote down a title for today, Intellectual But Ignorant. Uh, can, can, I, can I just say, I don't want to be intellectual but ignorant about God. Amen. The Pharisees were intellectual but ignorant. Yes. The Sadducees were intellectual but ignorant. Um, there, there, there can be a lot of intellectualism around God, but you can be as ignorant as ever. People say, well, y'all are a Calvinist church or an Arminius church. We're a Biblicist church. <laughs> You know, you know, Calvin burned his best friend at the stake at the end. You know, Luther had some things that got way. All these men are men. You know, what kind of church are we? What kind of people are we? We're not we're not these intellectual where we're just going to learn everything we can learn about God. I need to experience God. I don't want to be intellectual, but ignorant. I found out in marriage I can be intellectual. And the more intellectual I try to be, uh, the more the more ignorant I am. Come on, men. Any men out there? I'm a smart guy. I'm kind of a logical guy. I'm a quick thinker. I think I can solve problems pretty good. But a lot of times, the more it comes to the issues of the heart with my wife, I try to be intellectual. I find myself being ignorant. God said in Proverbs, the way of a man with a woman is a mystery. Come on, there's some mysteries in marriage. I wrote down a few right here. When she says it's fine, it's not fine. It just means it's the end of the conversation. When, when she says, do I look fat in this? There's no educated intellectual answer that you can ever give to answer that question. You can't. You know? When she says, do you like this outfit? And I say yes. I think that's a good intellectual answer. Yes. That's not what she means. There, there, there has to be some things revealed. What she means is, do you think I'm going to be better looking than every other woman at the party when I show up in this dress? Yes, I do. My daughter was upset a few, a few years ago and, and she needed help. I began to give her the answers. My wife whispered to me, she needs a hug. I was like, I thought she needed me to fix something. <laughs> I hugged her and thanks. I needed that revealed to me. Come on. If she says, guys, it's your decision. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> Do not decide that on your own. If she says, no, go without me. Don't you leave the house alone. If she says, you don't need to get me anything, you don't need to, but you probably should. And it better be heartfelt. When she said, it's not you, it's me, it's definitely you. When she says, I'm not looking to date anyone, the reveal is she's not looking to date you. When she says, do whatever you want, this is a test of your judgment. I'm not going to tell you if I think it's okay for you to do this thing or not. You should know me enough by by now to know if I'm okay with it, which I'm not, by the way. And if you do it, you will pay for it. (laughs) Just on and on and on. There's different things. Here's the reality. There's things that you need revealed to you about your wife, about relationships. There's things you need revealed to you by God. Revealed just means this. It just means that it was covered, it was cloaked, and it had to be uncovered. That it it was actually right in front of you. And it had to be 
uncovered so you could actually see it. M many of you are in counseling for things that, that have happened to you, or many of you have behaviors, I, me included, have behaviors that happen over and over in my life, and we don't take enough time to go, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to me the motivation behind this behavior? We can treat all the externals and all the things that we know and all the things that happen, but a lot of times there's motivations and things that are underlying that need revealed and uncovered to figure out why we keep going through the patterns and the habits that we go through. And so I'm asking Holy Spirit, hey, reveal to me. Show me why I keep responding that way. Show me why I don't have power to, to act a certain way. Show me what it is. And he'll, can, can I tell you that if you get bold enough to sit down with him, he'll talk to you about it. A lot of times don't, we, don't, we don't want him to tell us. And so he needs to reveal some things to you and I and show us some things so that we can be uh, who God's called us to be. Paul says, my, my preaching and my speech are not with intellect, are not with powerful words. Intellect does not reveal God to you. He says, it's the spirit. He goes on, I'm gonna give you three thoughts today. I promise I'm gonna give them to you fast. He says, but it is written, eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Number one, Holy Spirit will actually give you revelation. Some of you need revelation right now. You need things revealed to you right now. You're like, God, I need revelation. And so revelation is this. It's like it comes through relationship. It doesn't come through study. Revelation doesn't come. There's scholars that read that book right there for, for, for years and they don't even believe God, right? Revelation doesn't come by studying more. It comes by the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, you're reading it, and the Holy Spirit reveals something to you about the Scriptures. You don't need revelation for what's written. You need revelation for what you don't understand, right? Like, like you can read it with your intellect, but you need revelation for it to be revealed to how it applies to your life and what it means for you, right? Like, when I got saved, I, I came into a church, and I, and I, I wanted to get I wanted to get married, right? And so God revealed to me who my wife was. I've been married to her for a long time. You, there's things that my wife does that you would never understand because you aren't in relationship with her. And so God, I, the things have been revealed because I've been in relationship with my wife. The more you get in relationship with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, friend, counselor, helper, leader, guide, wisdom, power, all, the more you get in relationship, the more he begins to uncover and reveal things to you in your life. Is this helping anybody? Yes, and Holy Spirit's alive today. Have you ever gone under a black light in one of those, in a, in a room, one of those you know, places you shouldn't have been probably? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You got that rave you were at last night? No, I don't know. Uh, you, you ever go and you get under a black light and all of a sudden you see all these specks and all this stuff that's on your clothes that you couldn't see when you weren't up under that light? That, that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does for us in a way. We get up under that light and not only to kind of show us where there might be critters in our heart or things on our life, he kind of helps do that, but also to show us like what we didn't see without him, to reveal to us like what do we need in this marriage? What do we need in this city? What do we need in this job or business? The Holy Spirit begins to uncover and reveal things to you that you're never gonna learn without having that relationship with him. You can't get it from your intellect. So number one, just know that Holy Spirit wants to reveal some stuff to you to you today. You know, thank you, Mark, that the Holy Spirit told you to go pray for my dad. Thank you. He revealed that to you. You didn't just do that because it was against protocol. <laughs> 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 but, 
but, but Holy Spirit revealed to you, walk up and give a word to that, to that man right there on the front row. And, and I obviously trust your leadership enough, and I've got enough trust in the prayer team and the people that we entrust to come up here and pray for people that I believe in them, and it's okay if they have a word and can come and share something. I wouldn't put anybody up here that I didn't trust to go out and do that. Does that make sense? And so, and so there's, this, there's this revelation that God wants to give to us so that we can walk in it. Verse 10, it says, the Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So listen to me. Number one, he wants to reveal some stuff to you. But number two, he wants to personalize it to you. So, so we could both have a verse revealed to us, but, but it's going to be personal to you different than it's going to be personal to me. Just because we're all reading, we could all read the same verse and the Holy Spirit in whatever season you're in, moment you're in, situation you're in, he will make it personal to your life and your moment in time. Does that make sense? So we don't just need revelation. We also need personalization. Like I can get up here and preach a message and give y'all revelation, but it's going to be personalized to each of you differently depending on where you are in your walk and your life and your business and your kids. I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was at a school in Dallas called Christ for the Nations, and I went to a youth crusade. I worked at the school as the student employment officer in this tiny little closet of an office with one other guy named Shane, and we, lit, we worked upstairs. I went to a youth conference in the city of Dallas. There was 20,000 youth attending, 15,000 in the room and 5,000 in an overflow room. People would be invited to come sit up on the platform if they were youth pastors, one of the ushers walked up to my buddy and I, who were dressed kind of cool on the second row, and he said, are you guys youth pastors? He thought that because of how we were dressed. <laughs> and uh, my buddy said, we're youth evangelists, because we had done a little small retreat for 15 kids at some campground two months earlier. <laughs> we're not youth evangelists at the time. <laughs> but I was like, okay, we'll go with it. They bring us out of the second row. They put us on the platform with 15,000 people in the room. And the speaker of the conference says, and I'm sitting there with all the youth pastors in the Metroplex, the speaker of the conference says, hey, in a minute, we're going to meet all of our fine young youth pastors and hear where they pastor in the Metroplex. I'm like, oh my God, this is against protocol. <laughs> and so... I'm sitting there when this mic comes to me, they hand me the mic and I, all the other guys have introduced themselves and I say, I'm in training, uh, I'm serve under my pastor, Adam McCain, he was sitting right in front of me, he was a youth pastor and a college pastor in the Metroplex, I'm serving under my college pastor and my student pastor, Adam McCain at High Point Church and I am a student and work for Christ for the Nations Institute. It was, a, it was a small Bible college. A lady named Carrie Job was the worship pastor there when we were students. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she led worship every morning for two and a half hours, uh, Monday through Friday, to a group of a 1,000 of us. And so it was pretty powerful. And, uh, and so I worked there, and I said that. I said, hey, I work for Christ for the Nations. And, and they were, some people said, yay, Christ for the Nations. And that was it. Whew, got through that. Thank God. That ends. Three months later, I'm up in my little office above the admissions office where kids and families call to get admitted to the school. I'm in the student employment office. As I stand up there, or as I'm working up there, the phone rings, and I answer the phone, and it's this soft uh, voice with a Norwegian accent. This little girl says, I am calling for uh, the admissions office. And I said, well, you've got the wrong office. I'm in the student employment office, and uh, I can transfer you. She said, well, uh, three months ago, I was watching a youth crusade from Norway. 
And this guy named Jamie (laughs) stood up on the platform and said that he worked for a school called Christ for the Nations. And in that moment, God told me I was going to go to that school. So I was just calling to try to get a hold of the admissions office. I said, well, you've got the wrong right office. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I think, is personalizing a revelation that you got three months ago. Young lady, that's me. That was me on the platform. I don't even work in the admissions office, but God's directed you to this phone number somehow. And let me pray for you. I began to pray about her plane tickets and her her, her travel and her visas and her student visas. And I put, and, and I forgot about it. Three months later, a little blonde girl from Norway walked into my office with tears in her eyes and said, I'm here to train, to be empowered, to, to, to be who God's called me to be. And we both wept and she went to school there. I just think that there's things that are revealed. You're going to go to Bible college, but then God takes it out of his time and way and uses his spirit to actually personalize it to your situation and to your path and, and to, your, to your area of living. God wants to make it personal to you today. He wants to give you all that you need. Satan's job is to constantly speak to you and disqual- tell you you're disqualified from this stuff. And God's job by the power of the Holy Spirit is to constantly speak to you and take the Bible and make it just from a brochure to actually living out everything that it says that you are and who you can be and what you're called to. And we're going to take a few minutes today. We didn't do ministry time um, at the beginning. We're going to do it now. We got about seven minutes left. I just want to encourage you today. We're going to just take some time just to hear the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need revelation today. Maybe you, maybe you don't just need revelation. Maybe you need it to get personal. Like, you know, maybe it's been revealed to you. Like, I'm going to be this. Or I know it's revealed to me that, God, you're gonna, you've given me this promise. But now you need God to make it personal, like, to your family and to your parenting and to your business and, and to your job and to that situation and that relationship. Like, Holy Spirit wants to give you insight and reveal some things, but to make it personal for how you need to walk that out. And then he doesn't stop. He gives you the information that you need to actually be what you're called to be. I don't, I don't need information from the Holy Spirit to be married to your wife. I need information from the Holy Spirit. It's been revealed to me that I'm going to be a husband. It's been personalized to me that I'm going to be married to Sandra. But if I try to get inf- here's where we are. We're in a society that has so much info everywhere. We're trying to get information to live by something that God never promised us that's personal to us. So if I try to build this church and get the information I need, which I can go to seminars and leadership gurus and all the things, but if I try to get all that and build this place based on information that's meant to build someplace else, then I'm in trouble. I'm not called to be married to her. I'm called to be married to my wife. I'm not called to run your business. I'm called to run. And you need information that's specific to your kids and your spouse and your attitude and your season and your parenting and your directions. Three, the, the, everything in your life really is based on who you've listened to. Like who, who are we? Every day you choose, am I going to take my wisdom or Holy Spirit wisdom? God's wisdom. I'm not saying that that wisdom is not in other people. But every day we make a choice. You ever got directions from somebody at a gas station that you knew you shouldn't have asked? They start trying to tell you anyway, and you know they don't know, but you're listening. And then they call for the girl in the back, Sam, come here and tell them how to get to that Applebee's that has a Starbucks eight miles from it. I 
trying to get to Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? Who are you going to ask and listen to today? My prayer for you is this. Our ministry team is going to come up here. Would you stand to your feet with me? I want to pray for you and I want to believe God for you. It's Pentecost Sunday. We have communion on the sidewalls here for another few minutes. We've got prayer team up here for a few minutes. We're going to worship God for a few minutes. And maybe you're in this place and you say, you know what? It's not personal to me. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not real to me. It's a brochure. It's church. It's, it's going through the motions. I need Holy Spirit to give me uh, the revelation today. I need him to show me some stuff, whatever it might be today. If you need revelation from God, I believe that these prayer team warriors are going to pray for you. Holy Spirit's going to do something. This altar's open. If you just want to get on your knees. If you want to take communion, if you need some information to sit, settle a situation that you're in, Holy Spirit wants to give it to you today. If you need power to overcome a habit or a pattern, you need to get to the motivation of your heart today. Holy Spirit wants to do that on Pentecost Sunday. Come on, breathe on us, Holy Spirit, this morning. Just for the next few minutes, come on, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. If you need prayer, come on down here. These people would love to pray for you and pray that God's power would rest on you today and he would empower this thing to be more than just a brochure. If you don't know Jesus, and all this is just religion, and you need Jesus, come on down to our prayer team today as well. They'd love to pray for you. Maybe you need a fresh start with God today. Come on, let's worship God. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.